raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Tony is back tomorrow. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone is familiar with this. I'm hoping you're familiar with this. Both Oprah and The Rock took a lot of criticism for putting up a video on social media in which they were asking for donations to help Maui after the wildfires. Uh, The reason why they took so much criticism is they're worth a lot of money, and they were asking you, uh, people that are not worth as much money as them, to donate to a cause that they, they, um, you know, were creating and advocating for, and I think collectively donated $10 million to themselves. But essentially the sentiment from a lot of people in social media was, give them more of your money. Don't ask for our money right now. And I thought that was amusing. Uh, Certainly, uh, people have every right to do whatever they want with whatever money they have. Uh, But here's the thing. Yesterday on CBS This Morning, Oprah weighed in again, uh, or, well, really for, I guess, the first time uh, when people say breaking the silence on this, on what that was like, all the vitriol that she called it, all the reactions to it. And apparently, she's pretty upset that she was such a terrible, terrible victim of the mean things people said on social media after she asked for your money instead of giving more of hers to Maui. This is a really great point about being happier in the midst of an onslaught of being terrorized and vilified online. Terrorized? I will say this. I came out of this experience, I was just saying this Arthur this morning, with so much more compassion for young kids because I was thinking, what if I didn't really know who... I am. What if I didn't have the assurance of Invictus that I am the master of my own fate and the captain of my soul? If you it would are, have taken you down. You would have, ta- it would have taken, yes. it, would, it will take you out. Yes. So all of the online, uh, you know, being- Slander and slam, attacks. Slander? Lies, conspiracy theories, really took the focus off of what was the most important thing. And that was the people of Maui. So this- yeah. I- Yes, and also just being in the video at first. Here's the thing. This is what I actually don't like about it. And it has nothing to do with your wealth. I don't care how wealthy you are and, and what you want to say you're donating to or you think other people should donate to. That's not the part that matters. It's the assumption that your celebrity status, not your wealth, is the way in which you can bring awareness or success to a cause because you're more important, you're more valuable, you're more, you know, equipped to say and do. I know celebrities have platforms. And I know for a long time people said, well, you got a platform, you got to use it. You got to do this, you got to do that. Athletes have political stances now or people have, you know, this opinion now. And honestly, I always think back to the Michael Jordan days of, well, it's not going to benefit everybody. If you have this stance here or that stance there on stuff and you put it out there, you as a business are now going to alienate people who might likely uh, support you, buy your shoes, whatever it is. And that's not the case in in Maui. Of course, everyone would want to support people who are struggling in any situation, uh, Maui, anywhere else. But it's that arrogant assumption by celebrities that they're doing good. It's it's almost similar to when someone puts up on social media that uh, they have a passion about something, they have something that they care about, but they don't do anything in their actual life to to accomplish whatever the goal is they say we need to accomplish as a society. They just put it on social media and feel like I've done enough now. I've, I've provided enough information to the world to fix the world. I'm going to go ahead and live the rest of my life right now uh, not caring about anything. And for her to say that she has more compassion 
for young people now. What she should actually say is she's aware that she's not someone who knows what the day-to-day person is going through right now or really ever or at a very long time in her life at the very least. And so she isn't someone who will always have any message she provides for any reason to, to the public be received happily. I think that's the biggest thing that abuses me is that when celebrities, when famous people, again, not just wealthy individuals, but people who have something they think is far greater than just simple financial wealth, believe they cannot be criticized by anyone, that in fact is where the problem exists. And this is, to me, a refreshing version of, yeah, we don't really care. We would rather have you shut up on this. It's not even an unwillingness to say support or help Maui. It's an unwillingness to to give a crap about the positions celebrities are taking on on issues. I think that was good. I think that was refreshing as a reaction. And I think for her to call it vitriol or she's a victim of slander is is insane. It's it's a version of we're better than you. Stop acting like we're the same. And when everyone has a platform now, a whole lot of people like um, you know all those who reacted feel as though, hey, I can talk back to this celebrity and say whatever I want to say to them because, you know, their platform is not as valuable as it used to be because look at me, I'm here too. All right, uh, one other thing I want to play, I teased this a couple times, I do want to play it. Uh, this is Nancy Pelosi twice dodging questions about whether or not Kamala Harris is the right v- vice presidential candidate to run with Biden. Not even a Biden-specific question, which a lot of people say, no, shouldn't be running, but a Harris question. President Kamala Harris, the best running mate for this president? He thinks so, and that's what matters. And by the way, she's very politically astute. I don't think people give her enough credit. Yeah, I think it's because of all the stuff she says that sounds real dumb. But here, uh, time number two where she's going back. But do you think she is the the best running mate, though? She's the vice president of the United States. So people say to me, well, why isn't she doing this or that? I said, because she's the vice president. That's the job description. She doesn't do stuff, actually, unless at some point um, someone who is as uh, uh, struggling mentally as our president is, as as unequipped to be our leader as our president is, has to step down or something else happens there, uh, then she will be the president. And that thought is terrifying. All right, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. How sweet it is to be loved Tony Katz, The Morning News. 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Jonathan hanging out as they do every single morning on this show. Uh, Jonathan, you sent me a pretty funny story about a trend on social media uh, that people are noticing called the overdressed girlfriend, underdressed boyfriend couple. Uh, Give me a little more information about this. Yeah, so basically the idea, which I think it's pretty true, is that there's these relationships where women will dress up like super nice, like to the nines all the time. Meanwhile, their boyfriend is in, you know, sweatpants and a baggy (laughs) hoodie. 
yeah. wearing shoes with holes in them. Yeah, it's the Adam Sandler on the red carpet move is what uh, some guys will do, which is you show up with a hoodie to any event and you don't really care. Uh, what I loved most about this and the deep dive into this article and this trend is that some women are actually really upset about it. Some are saying like they don't want to be in relationships with guys that won't dress up if they dress up, uh, that they, one, my favorite, learned to love her boyfriend after struggling for a bit because oh of gosh. his uh, desire... <laughs> Because of his desire not to have the same type of wardrobe as her. Anyone want to weigh in on oh, that? Good Lord. All it sounds like is the guy is not making an effort here. You know, that's that's what it sounds like. I mean, sure. you have to match her level of intensity when doing things. You have to be a couple. <laughs> you have to be a partnership. And I know uh, from never being married and never having kids. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's the, the right voice for this issue, Matt. Yes, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. You, I mean, if, if I'm doing this, if I'm in a relationship, <laughs> she's dressing up. I want to say, hey, I want to represent our relationship as a couple, and I'm going to try yeah. to match your effort here. I'm going to try to do what you're doing so All we can right. look I, I don't, I don't hate the take. I'm not sure I totally agree with you on the take. Let me ask you for a caveat, and then maybe we can get there. Could I sometimes expect the opposite? If I want to dress down a lot, and it's not a fancy event, and she still wants to go nuts, could I occasionally get the missus to go ahead and go down to my level if I then go up to hers on other occasions? She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> really? No, no, that's that's how. And no, I know I just made I a hypocrite out of myself, no, but at, at the same time, I, I, I in a relationship, I feel like there's a there's a standard that I, I need to set and well, it, she can either follow or not. But I want to yeah. make sure I'm being good for her. I now, let, me, let me say that a different way, because I, I've been married 11 years. It's easier to not fight those fights uh, sometimes because it's easier to not be the one asking for the thing in the world where maybe you don't care as much. You know what's sad about this as I'm thinking about it right now? My wife has put out clothing for me like a child. It has happened before. <laughs> like, it, it does. Like, we go to certain events, and she'll put out clothing in the morning. She gets up earlier than me. Her job is something she's got to be at sooner than mine. And so I'll wake up, and I'll be like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to wear this today. And as, like, a trained dog, I just do it. And then it's it's not a fight, and things are great. And that's, that's an easy world for us to both live in. It's sort of to your point, Matt, like, I, I don't know. If I didn't care... To try to dress up, I also don't care if the dressing up has been mostly done for me. Well, isn't she giving you a hint when she yeah. lays out your clothes? Maybe I that uh, y- I think it's a pretty, it's a sledgehammer version of a hint, but I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> it's a meat hammer over the head, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you should put these clothes onto you. All right, that's fine. I'm How good. do you feel? I mean, do you get offended by that? Do you get Never. do you get pissed? I mean, wh- no. what is it? No, because I, I don't, I don't care. Like the thing is, if you are the underdressed boyfriend guy, I don't think you actually care. It's not you're doing that to like be a jerk because the the person is dressing fancy and you don't want to, you just don't have that barometer in your brain. So if someone's like, yeah. Hey, here's stuff, wear it. That that's easier for me uh, than, you know, having to go figure it out on my own. I'm, I'm a simple man. But I, but I hear that saying. you say barometer in your brain, and, and I feel like that could kind of trans, uh, kind of move into other parts of the relationship. I mean, sure. if you're not going to make the effort to at least match her on some level, are you going to make the effort in the emotional needs as well? I mean, it's just it's just a thought. It's a good point. I think we're breaking into my relationship hard now. I think we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're opening right? up all the doors. I think I'm there for her, man. I'm not. I'm not. Sure. I'm pretty sure. Let me text her right now at this time in the morning and see if she's. No, I'm kidding. Oh, she's following the papers right now. You know. <laughs> She listens to the show, man. I know that I'm going to get some reaction after. But no, I think that all things are different. I think we all have our value systems and what we care about and what we don't. I love that this is a relationship show all of a sudden. Uh, Dr. Drew coming up next on Tony Katz, The Morning News. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. I'm kidding, by the way. No one stay tuned for that. Uh, But I would say that, like, I think I value emotional connection more than what I wear when I go out places. 
And so that is a more important thing to meet someone at a level on than if I have nicer shoes. So you can just let that go. Yeah, uh, or I can just put on the clothing that's been laid out for me like a child and then eat my sandwich that's been provided right. to me at lunch. Uh, all the things I can do it. Right, or uh, thank you, you know, be like, hey, thanks for doing that. I'm going to move on before I get in trouble with who knows who, uh, especially the business. Uh, one other thing I saw out there that I thought was pretty funny, although I don't encourage this, no one go on a police chase with uh, police. That's a that's a mistake. But a guy who did this recently crashed into the police station trying to avoid police. That's probably not going to work out well for you. He was fine. No one was hurt. He wound up getting arrested immediately. And there's a whole lot of charges, including damage to the police station. But again, I, I sort of thought this was amusing that as you're, you're struggling to get away and causing whatever chaos on the roadways, eventually you sort of catch yourself. Yeah, it's considerable. I mean, he's already in the drunk tank, so, you know, you don't have to be arrested and booked <laughs> later. I mean, right. it's, yeah. it, it, that is funny. So he, he's getting chased by the cops at the high-speed chase, and he runs into the police station. Yep. Nobody was hurt, right? Nobody was hurt. Okay, no good, one was good, hurt. Good. They they got him out of the van he was in. They tased him just for good measure, uh, which I guess is the thing that had to happen. Why not? I, <laughs> I don't know if he was running away, but, you know, he got tased. He's on the ground. And I wonder, like, if he tells that story in the jail to other people, because they probably won't treat him kindly that that's how that thing ended. You've got to talk about something. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you do, man. No. The police station came out of nowhere. How many times no How many times can you roll the dice, Craig? <laughs> how many times can you put together the same puzzle? you, you, you got to have true. a conversation. Yeah. Right. You know? uh, absolutely. I love the fact that some of the cops who recorded on this is like, well, we, we did like where he ended the uh, chase. We didn't like anything else about it, but it was it was a little easier for us to just walk him inside. <laughs> Cops no have the best driving. sense of humor about things sometimes. You know, obviously he wouldn't be laughing if somebody had gotten hurt, but right. it's just, you know, no. he's like, oh, come on, dude. Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. No, 100%. All right, great. Uh, we'll take a break. In just a little bit after the break, I will cover a little bit more of the Trump interview with Megyn Kelly. I do think parts of it were pretty fascinating. Uh, and then actually we'll get to some other stuff that's way less, uh, I think, serious. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Tony is back tomorrow. Uh, I want to play a couple of the pieces of audio that'll probably be heard a lot from uh, Megyn Kelly's hour-long sit-down with Trump. Uh, two of the things that she covered, and she's uh, proud of herself. On social media, she put out, uh, do many politicians, uh, does Biden sit down and take as challenging of an interview as this? Uh, do people who have access to politicians like she does to have access to Trump? ask as tough of questions as this. Those are all the things she's putting out on social media. But I do want to praise both of them because I do think this was a much better, more interesting interview than you ever get on the other side of the aisle, although it's not abnormal for Trump. Trump did the same thing when he sat down with Brett Baer of Fox News, even though uh, Fox News is also, of course, something that anyone on the left would accuse of being overly kind to Trump. That's not what occurred. And I thought Trump handled himself well. And there's actually, there's a third piece of audio I have that probably won't make as many rounds, but I do think it's really interesting. Uh, but here, let's go first to Fauci. That's uh, a big topic. It's one of the points that DeSantis thinks he can hammer home on against Trump uh, that might benefit him. The polls don't show that anyone is is gaining on Trump, but uh, nonetheless, that is a point of contention where many, many conservatives obviously feel as though uh, Fauci is a guy that definitely shouldn't have been uh, in the positions he was in or allowed to stay as long as he did with the administration or, you know, uh, essentially get brought up on charges for all kinds of lies he, he told. I did say early on uh, during the pandemic that I saw Fauci as a um, doctor who was saying things 
that maybe a, another doctor would say, not all doctors would say, and you'd think to yourself, I don't know if I'm going to do that or if I can do that. Uh, that might be a bit of an extreme take out there. And propping up that as like the only solution was the biggest mistake. But I don't think Trump actually made that mistake, in all honesty. I think he did, as he says here, um, sort of refute a lot of the things that Fauci would say. Uh, and that became a point of uh, a lot of those COVID briefings is that Fauci and Trump hated each other. Uh, you heard that a lot. They both denied it, but it seemed to be a, a reoccurring theme because of the moments where Trump sort of rejected the thing Fauci would have just said in a briefing. Here we go. For years, you've been saying that the reason you didn't fire Anthony Fauci uh, was because he'd been there for a long time, that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time well, in May... I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm either. getting there. But then in, in May, you started saying, well, he's a civil servant, so I yeah. couldn't technically... The truth is, though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way, you yeah. made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus. Task you think force, so? That he was at it every media made him the star of the coronavirus task force interviews. Trump appeared every day. Trump spoke first every day. Trump spoke after Fauci spoke a lot. Um, media obsessed with uh, Fauci. And media obsessed so much, in fact, that it would go viral on, on media that was, even Twitter, very much obviously con controlled by one side of the political aisle. Uh, media would be obsessed with, oh, my God, is Fauci fired? The world is coming to an end, et cetera, et cetera, which I, I do think matters in the context of these questions, even if a lot of us would say, man, I really wish Fauci had gotten fired. Presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do-over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. <laughs> Presidential commendation. One went out Mark Somebody Hilly probably too. handed him a commendation. He probably... But <laughs> let me just tell you about Fauci. Fauci was very important in the Biden administration, much less important. If you know, he didn't want to stop China. He wanted to let everyone come in from China. I stopped it. I overrode it. I overrode many of the things he did. He was much less important to me. Now, with that all being said, he's been there for years. He was respected. He lost a lot of the respect because of COVID. Yes, he did lose a lot of the respect because of COVID. He was respected going into that by a lot more people, or at least unknown if, if respected is maybe too strong of a word, uh, he wasn't a household name until COVID. But I think that that's an interesting response back from Trump and the way in which you say, you know, uh, at that time, especially early on in it, when Fauci is gaining this, this media obsession version of coverage, uh, there are reasons to think that it might be more challenging for Trump than, than it is in retrospect to have just canned the guy. Um, but I do. I thought that back and forth was interesting. The other big one is about um, the vaccines themselves, uh, about, uh, you know, how Operation Warp Speed helped to save 100 million lives. That's what Trump says some experts have said. And I'll play some of that audio, too. I want to make sure to get to the third piece of audio. Uh, but this is the other big point that people, especially, again, DeSantis, sort of want to attack with Trump. And it is a nuanced answer from the uh, former president, the person who's supposed to be, remember this, the face of the radical right. Uh, Trump is, to anyone on the Democratic side of the aisle, the face of all the things that are wrong, the MAGA Republican who's crazy, whatever, whatever that you say about it. And these moments, to me, demonstrate a person who is trying to, to um, appeal to a larger swath of independents or even potentially Democrats who are not happy with Biden at the cost of maybe 
potentially having some Republicans change their opinion of, of Trump. I highly doubt that, though, because I do think if you look at this and hear this, the way it's back and forth done, it's not the version that it'll be pre uh, presented as when people attack it. But I have people on the other side. I don't not my side, although probably there's some on my side, too. They said, you saved 100 million people because I got it done in nine months as opposed to five years to 12 years. A lot of people. You're proud of it. No, I'm not proud of it. I'm saying what Democrats think. Democrats. She, I get it. I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not, not somebody I'm who not, denies some of the good yeah, that the vaccines yeah. did. I, I lived through that, too. But, yeah. of course, a lot of people have been vaccine injured. And that's one of the questions. Those people are mad that they were rushed through and that they can't sue. Well, I never gave mandates and people have to make up their own, you know, make their own decision as far as I'm concerned. Now, some places had mandates, very strong mandates, uh, largely Democrat governors and probably some Republicans, et cetera, et cetera. But there are Democrats that say, why aren't you talking about that? It's one of the they really believe strongly. It's one of the things that might uh, reach across the aisle and get some people on the other side to be like, all right, well, I, I didn't even I mean, Democrats now take responsibility for the vaccine like they created it, and it benefits them with their political side of the aisle. As tough as it is to hear some of that, as, as easy as it is to, I think, uh, voice a concern or criticism uh, for what sounds like it might be more approval than I think Trump is providing to the vaccine itself, the accomplishment of the administration and Operation Warp Speed is what caused Fauci to get a presidential uh, commendation like others. It's a big list of people who got one. Uh, so I don't even know if that is something that Trump is as closely involved in as he's sort of saying he's not. It, it might be a lie. It might not. Uh, but what I think, again, is more interesting about all of this is that that approach may work uh, to to gain support for Trump, the radical face of the right, according to the left, uh, which I think is a smart strategy at this point in a campaign when the Republican support is easily there on any poll you have. And the only shot people take at Trump is he'd never appeal to the suburban mom, the, the independent, the middle of the road person. One last thing I want to play. I know I'm running out of time. Trump brought up the question that Megyn Kelly asked that he responded to with the Rosie, the famous only Rosie O'Donnell answer. And I thought it was a fascinating 25 seconds. Me a question when you were moderating the debate for Fox, that frankly, if I didn't come up with the answer only Rosie O'Donnell, I would have had a problem with that. That was a bad question. That was a great question. That was, no, it was a nasty it was question. Awesome. You know, there are questions that are, it's not that they're not answerable, but no matter if you're Winston Churchill, he was very good at debate. You handled it well. Your poll numbers went up. I'm not Let's saying that. No, it. I got a little bit lucky. I came up with a good That's That's amazing that uh, Megyn Kelly says, you handled it well. Your poll numbers went up. Let's get past it. And Trump says, I came up with a good answer. That, to me, is an incredible back and forth where he's saying it was a crappy question, the way it was worded, and I found an answer that made it work. And she goes, you did. You beat me. You won. Uh, as if uh, that's the end of it for both of them, or it should be. And Trump continued to challenge her a little bit, saying, you know, you really could have worded that differently to be less attacky and more actual questioning. But all right, I'll take a break. We'll got traffic coming up in just a second. A lot more in a bit. Uh, a lot more in a bit. Um, uh, this is uh, Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. That's the morning news, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Jonathan hanging out every morning as they do. Uh, Jonathan, you sent me this story about a family that lives in a tent. Uh, this is three kids, husband and wife, 
They eat dinner on the beach every day. Uh, they're Australian. They wrote about it saying, like, they love their life. They love their setup and everything they've been doing. Uh, they've been tenting for a year, and they think you should do it, too. I'm unlikely to do this. Uh, but what were your thoughts when you saw that story? Yeah, no way. When I read the story, <clears throat> I was immediately reminded of the one and only time in my life I have been camping. I've never been back. There's a good reason for that. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, it. Did Sorry. you tell me something off the air that we can talk about on the air about a, a a glamping trip? Can I can I say that or no? Oh yeah. I guess yeah. I so have. for okay. mine and my wife's honeymoon, we're going glamping, which is glamorous camping. So I'm yeah. cool with that. There's like an actual <laughs> bed, an actual mattress that I can sleep on. Nice. I've, there's like nice soft pillows. Really excited about that. Yeah. But like legit camping, I'll never forget being like seven or eight years old. Me, my dad, my older brother, my grandpa, we all went camping. You know, like the first like three hours of it was great. We're swimming in like a river and we're fishing and like all uh -huh. like the fun camping stuff. And then we had to go to bed and I had to sleep <laughs> on the ground. And I was like, hey, dad, can we go home? This yeah. is not this isn't great. We, we have technology that has improved this part of the situation. The rest of it is great. I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's weird because like at times in my life, I'd been camping a little bit more than that. And like you do, you like it's something you feel like you shouldn't be doing. And there's something fun about like, oh, we're going to like really rough it. But at the same time, when you wake up the next morning and your back hurts and everything's terrible and you're like 10, you're like, well, maybe going home wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah. And you're like, where's my pumpkin spice latte? Where can I get one of those out here? <laughs> oh, no, we just got hated. It went the wrong way. Uh, also, one other story that you sent that I liked a lot, an athlete 53 swimming 315 miles the length of the New York Hudson River in a month, said it's a dream of his to do it. He achieved it. That's awesome. I'm never going to get there. That's like 10 miles a day. <laughs> yes, it is. That's absurd. That's it's sad that he didn't have the hamster wheel from the story yesterday of the guy who was in a hamster wheel trying to run on the water. That's what I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I would do that in the hamster wheel. <laughs> that seems much more attainable than running yes. across the Atlantic yeah. Ocean. Yeah. How uh, long did it take to wash off the muck and gasoline when he got out of the Hudson? <laughs> That's what I want to know. It's a great question. Anybody yeah. ever tried to run a marathon or a half marathon on the show? I did a mini once. Yeah. You did a mini? What's a mini? A mini is 13 miles. All right. How much training, running. Matt, for that? Uh, I did the whole thing. I did the mini, mini marathon training program. I ran three times a week and right. slowly escalated the miles from there. It was uh, Let me ask three, you four a question. Um, I'm being pushed by the missus to, to you know, uh, get to a point where both of us would do a half marathon something. She doesn't want to do it alone, and I, I get that. Uh, did you feel the level of accomplishment that you're supposed to feel at the end of that or a little bit after maybe the race was over? Did you think to yourself, man, I don't know if I should have done all this? I was I was in so much pain. Okay, <laughs> was, all right. But here's the thing to answer your question. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I still do. I mean, I'm not gotcha. an athlete, so for me to do that, that was yeah. – you'll feel the same way. It's a good thing. Anybody that does the mini in downtown uh, for the Indianapolis 500 always has it's, great I, I bet say, you yeah. it's a life-changing amazing. Do you tell yes. everybody about it all the time or no? Are you one no, of the good no, guys? just, just okay. like now. I mean, it's, not, right. it's nothing to brag about, but if somebody says, yeah. yeah, I got to do that once, and I was yeah. blessed enough to have that to do it. So, Amen. You know. so, You're not marathon guy. You're no. not telling everybody <laughs> – I've just run my seventh marathon, and I don't know. I just seem to love it. I have two 13.1 <laughs> stickers on my car just go. to say I, I ran a full marathon. Uh, that's good. <laughs> no, that's, no. I will never forget my mom dragging my dad through a full marathon training and getting my dad to do it. And he, Is he? look, he did it. He was a good sport. Yeah. He's very proud of it. He will never okay. do another one. All right. I, I like to hear that he's proud of it. That's the part I'm aiming for. And then also, yeah, it's going to be a one and done for me if I ever do that. Uh, thanks, guys. I'm out of here. Matt's got some traffic. See you later. We just do that stuff to impress the women anyway. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. 
have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.